Well, I'm excited about today because I love talking about the Holy Ghost. I love talking about the Spirit of God. I think what we've come into a place where, where we've been talking about that this is the year to change forward and how one of the works of the enemy was to bring the church into a place of isolation where we no longer fulfilled his destiny and purpose for our lives because we separated ourselves from people out of fear. And I want you to know that the Bible says that fear is a tormentor. That in perfect love there is no fear. Fear has no place in your life. Now, I'm not saying that at times we shouldn't be concerned, but fear has no place in your life as a son and daughter of God. We walk by faith, not by fear. Amen? I said we walk by faith and not by fear. So we've been talking about what God wants to do to get you out of isolation and what your purpose is and that God's design is that your life is wrapped in purpose, not that you live life or life lives you. That God has called us to be people of purpose and intention. I love being intentional. I believe it holds a great design of heaven for these are the children of God who are led by the Spirit of God. Now we've been talking about witnessing and sharing your faith. And I've already heard it. People have come up and said to me, well, you know, pastor, that's just not me. I'm not that type of person. I'm not the kind of person that goes out and just shares with people. I'm, or, or somebody else said, I'm a little intimidated, pastor. I don't really know how to do it, and I don't want people to reject me. Some other people just are, are simply those that are saying, it's not my personality. I'm shy. And I want you to know that if you do this all by yourself, I can understand what you're talking about. But I want to bring a truth to you today that is so important. And that is that God never sent you to be a soul snatcher in your natural self. Turn to someone and say, I'm a soul snatcher. Now you got to have a little growl to it. You got to make it fun. Ready? Turn to someone and say, I'm a soul snatcher. That's right, we've been called to preach the gospel. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16, we already know the verse. Preach the gospel to every creature, and these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues. If they touch any other things, shall not harm them. And when they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Today, I simply want to, it's not going to take long at all, but I want to talk to you about a simple principle that many believers are missing. And that is that God has never called you to do the supernatural from the natural. That many people are looking at it as their personality. I can't accomplish it. Well, that's just not me. But I want you to know that that might not be you in the natural, but who you are in the supernatural is totally opposite. And what God's plan for your life is, is not that we live in the natural world, but that we live in the supernatural world. That we are never called to do anything outside of the Holy Ghost. And with God on your side, baby, you can't fail. Zechariah says it the best, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. You know, even the disciples, when Jesus sent them out, you know, have you ever, I know I've blown this before with other people, but let me say, what is the last chapter of the Old Testament? I know, I listen to all the, all the people that are, that are in Rock Solid Faith. If you don't know that answer, you might want to join Rock Solid Faith. Most people say, Malachi, if you're Italian. But Malachi is not the last book of the Old Covenant, not the last book of the Old Testament. 
The last books of the Old Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the last chapters, because I want to remember, I want to remind you that the new covenant wasn't installed until after Jesus died and rose from the dead. So the disciples mainly, when you saw Jesus walking on the earth, was walking in old covenant principle. But Christ, the Son of God, who came down here, anointed by the Holy Ghost, sent his disciples out to do work on behalf of heaven. Turn to someone and say, I've been sent to do work on behalf of heaven. I'm a soul snatcher. That's exactly who you are. You are sent by God for this exact time of season of history to do God's will. And that is to seek and to save them which are lost. But you see, when we do it on our own, we can fail miserably. Or we get intimidated easily. Or we get rejected and wounded. And it's very easy. But God has never sent us to do anything on our own. Right there in Matthew chapter 10, we see it. Jesus said it this way. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or Samaritans. At that point, it wasn't their season or time. Uh, but, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Here it is, ready? Go, shout go. go. Shout go. go. One more time, shout go. go. Go and announce or preach the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons as freely as you've received, freely give. This is what I want to show you. When Jesus sent them out, now this is the powerful part. He didn't send them out on their own. He didn't send them out with their own personal natural authority. He sent them out with the authority of heaven and he said, I want you to heal the sick. I want you to raise the dead. Raise the Do you know what's amazing? Is when you start talking about raising the dead to the today's church of America, they sit there and stare at you like you got 26 heads. <laughs> raise the dead? What do you mean raise the dead? Man, it's amazing. In most churches, people don't even get healed. Never mind, saved. You know, it's amazing that the church has retracted from the supernatural when that's what the church needs more than anything else. You see, when the church is natural entity, when the church is a natural and propelled by natural capability, you'll always find it deficient from God's power and blessing. Why? Because you cannot change the natural without the supernatural. And you'll never change the supernatural with the natural. The church has got to get back to the Holy Ghost. The church has got to get back to the supernatural. The church has got to get back to healing the sick, raising the dead. You know, I remember one time I was preaching, and I know I've given the example before, preaching at a, 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 a youth retreat, and I started talking about raising the dead. And a man came up to me after, he goes, I don't believe in that stuff. I said, have you ever, have you ever prayed for a dead man? He said, no. And I said, then don't worry about it. The closest man I remember praying for a dead, or closest to a dead man, was up in Newfield, New York. And I got a call when I was pastor up there from a family member, and I took my associate, Bob, and we went up to this man's house, and he was comatose. He was pretty much, they had already called in hospice, and they expected him to live a few days or maybe a, a few hours. They weren't really sure. They just knew he was on the precipice of death. And he was not, and had not ever been born again. And so when we walked into the house, I remember looking over and the wife was sitting at the end of the bed and her heart was broken as they had been married over 60 years. And, you know, he was just not there and had not been there for a long time. And so I 
as after we walked in, the daughter walked in behind us, and I said to the daughter, would you be willing to take your ma down to Ithaca and have, um, and have some breakfast? Well, back in those days, the only place to eat was Friendly's. So off they went to Friendly's, and now Bob and I are alone in the, in the house, and I'm watching as Bob is stroking his head. Now, the man hadn't had a bath in a long time. There was feces on the bed, and I'm just not okay with that. I don't have the gift of mercy. And uh, so Bob is stroking his hair. I'm going, that's really gross. And, and then they all left, and I said, now it's my turn. And I looked at the man, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you, get up. And he sat up. And I went, whoa, that's stinking cool. No, really, it shocked me as much as it shocked anybody else. I was like, yo, come on now. The man sat up and I said, sir, are you okay? And he said, no, I am not okay. And I said, sir, you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And right there, I led him to Jesus. It was so stinking cool, man, watching the supernatural manifest, watching as he was a man that was supposed to be dead, never coming out and coming back to awareness. But God, come on now, God so loves people that he raised him up and he got saved. I remember the wife came in after we were done praying and stuff, and she came in, and he called her by her pet name. She starts crying. They're both crying. I said, sir, are you okay? He goes, I am now, honey. I got Jesus as my Savior. Man, it was just so awesome seeing the supernatural. But if you never pray for somebody who needs a supernatural move, don't worry. You'll never see nothing. You've got to be willing to have the boldness of the Holy Ghost. You've got to know it's not done by natural things. Now, listen, we were leaving, and, you know, Bob had been stroking his hair, and we were going to go down to Friendly Stew, and he reached out to shake my hand. I said, don't touch me. <laughs> you didn't carry, you know, the pump stuff in your car then. I love the fact that God has called his church to live in this supernatural realm, to do supernatural things, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to see a leper heal, which means a maiming or a destroying of the flesh, to be renewed and revived, that God wants to use your life to cast out demons. But yet, if we're only going to witness out of our natural man, we're only going to share Christ out of our natural man, then we're going to find we're only going to get natural results. The church has to come back to an awareness of the Holy Spirit. We've got to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We have got to know the Holy Spirit. These are the children of God who are led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says, as Jesus said, he had never done ministry before. He was getting baptized, and the Spirit of God came upon him. You see, Jesus did no mighty miracles until he was anointed from on high. And who anoints? The Holy Spirit. But what is amazing is that in every single one of us, that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells. You are not weak. You are strong. You are not just somebody. You are a son and daughter of the Most High King. That same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you. When you start recognizing this, then we have an epiphany. And the epiphany isn't that i got to just do a bunch of stuff in the flesh. I can move in the Holy Spirit like they did in the time of Jesus and in the time of Acts. You see, God is waiting for us. The problem isn't God. The problem isn't that there isn't power. The problem isn't that this isn't God's plan. The problem is, is the Church of America today wants to be relative. They want to be, they want everyone to like them. They want every, they don't want to scare. Listen now, I, I, I like being relative. I, I want to help people. 
But you can help him in the flesh and still send him to hell in the spirit. We've got to be people that are willing to move in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's the Spirit of God that brings liberty. It's the Spirit of God that sets people free in Jesus' name. It's the Spirit of God that casts out devils. Listen, now, even witnessing, as we've been talking about, cannot be done in the flesh. So many Christians, you start talking about demonology, you start talking about devils, and the church gets a little queasy. Well, the fact is, is that there are still demons. Whether you like them or not. Whether you believe in them or not, there are still demon spirits. Devils are still in this room. How can they be in here? Because you brought them. Demons are still around. They didn't dissipate or disappear at the time of Christ. But what's happened is the church has, has not been educated. And in this house, hey, listen, if you, if you haven't been part of Rock Solid Faith, you need to join Rock Solid Faith. We teach it every Tuesday. Someone's calling me. Who's calling me? My father's calling me. Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Sorry, hang up. Sorry. Got on to your mother and father. So here we are. The church has just literally walked away from the supernatural while the world is racing after the supernatural. Reiki, we're looking at witchcraft. We have covens in our own town. Right now, you got you got people that will read your palms. We even got psychics locally that have started a church. All of this is happening while the church is saying, well, we don't want to offend anybody or hurt anybody's feelings. Come on now. The, 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 the supernatural world is very much alive and the church has to wake up to it. Can I hear an amen? We are more powerful than any demon spirit. We are more powerful than any other person on the planet because we are filled with the people of God, the Son of God, the Holy Ghost. And we've got to start living it. Can I hear an amen or oh my? The church is called. And I'm uh, I at times get concerned. And, you know, I, I just feel that as a pusher, how many of you know I'm a pusher? Not a drug pusher, no. I'm definitely a Holy Ghost pusher. I'm going to push you to grow up. Can I hear an amen? I'm going to irritate you. Can I hear an amen? I promise to offend you. Can I hear an amen? These are all promises that I give you. But the reason is, is because I'm pushing you, pushing you to grow up in Christ because God needs you not in your infantile state. He needs you in a mature state that you will fulfill his will and his purpose so that your design that God created before the foundations of the earth can unfold before you and other people's lives can be changed because of your life in Christ. I did. I said it good. You got to know that it can't be done by your natural ability, by your natural mind. This is a spiritual thing, that everything is spiritual first and that even sharing our faith is spiritual. It's not just regurgitating information. Hi, you need Jesus in your life. But without the anointing, it doesn't change anything. 
So we've got to know that this all has to be done in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. But even more than that, God has some more for you that will empower you in a greater sense. First, for, excuse me, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power. Shout, I need more power. Come on, that wasn't a good shout. Shout, I need more power. That's right. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. I want to remind you that this was not talking about salvation. That the disciples got saved like we were saved in John chapter 20 when Jesus breathed on them and they received the Holy Ghost. But in Acts chapter 1, he said, go and tarry in Jerusalem till you receive the promise of the Father. John the Baptist talked about it. He talked talked about a man whose shoes he was not worthy to unlace and that he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. You see, he was talking about Jesus and Jesus ascended on high and he sent the Spirit of God who dwells inside of all those who confess Christ as their Savior. And in that, there's more because he knew we needed more power. He said, if you want more power, I've got more power for you. And this promise is for you and for your children and for all those that are afar off, all that would call or that are called according to my name. The promise is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The promise is the Holy Spirit's infilling that will give you more power, more anointing to get more done, not in the natural, but in the supernatural. Why is this important is because Many times, even sharing the gospel, we forget that it's spiritual. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, among them the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. What does that mean? That means every person that does not know Jesus as their Savior there is an actual, literal, demon spirit that is blinding their spiritual mind. That's not fictitious. That is not a little storybook, but an actual demon spirit. For one second, though, the spirit world would open up so you could actually see demons and angels. You would, you would need a change. I'm not talking your spirit, man. I'm talking in your drawers. If for one second God would open up the spirit world that you could actually see demons and angels, you would recognize that these people that do not know Jesus, as nice as they are, as kind as they are, the scripture is very clear that you cannot combat a demon spirit by natural capability and natural power. It's only the spirit of God, for God has given us all authority over the power of the devil. The demons are subject to us in Jesus' name. You see, that's the supernatural. So every person that doesn't know Jesus literally has a demon spirit that is blinding them. And the only way to get a demon off is to cast a demon off. But you see, a demon's not going to come off if a demon doesn't recognize your authority. You see, we can all talk about the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts, talking about how God has moved. How about the seven sons of Sceva? These were seven guys that watched, come on now, they watched Paul cast out devils. And so one day, they decided, let's go check this thing out. We know a demon-possessed guy. So they went over to the demon-possessed guy, and they got around, and they said, in the name of Jesus, 
that Paul preaches. I command you, come out. And the demon inside the man started talking to the seven brothers and said this, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? And that one man filled with devils beat up all seven brothers, stripped them butt naked, come on, that's not in the Bible, and sent them running home to Mama. Why? Because you cannot combat spiritual with natural. You cannot get spiritual, supernatural results by working out of the flesh. If you and I are going to see God use us in a greater capacity where we can literally fill this house, I'm declaring by Christmas 1,000 souls in Jesus' name. That's what I'm declaring. Listen now, we were close to that pre-COVID. I'm declaring it right now. There were 1,300 that came in on a monthly basis. But I'm declaring every single Sunday morning that this house is going to have 1,000 souls that are going to worship with their hands lifted high, that the power of God is going to be released. I'm declaring it in Jesus' name. But it's not going to happen by accident. And it's not going to happen by the flesh. If a demon is blinding the mind of an unbeliever, whether it be your mother, whether it be your brother, whether it be your friend, whether it be your son, whether it be your daughter, whether it be your grandma, whether it be your grandpa, whether it be just somebody you've never met, the only way for that demon to come in under authority and leave that person is if you are going to move in the power, the power, the dunamis of God and bind up that devil in Jesus' name for we have the power to bind in the loose in the name of Jesus to take authority over that demon spirit and release the power of God to set the captives free. If the church doesn't know this, then what ends up happening is we run around witnessing to everybody. Nothing wrong with witnessing, but we run around witnessing with, uh, to everybody with our own little ability. And guess what happens? That demon still lays lodged. This is a spiritual thing. Even sharing is spiritual. And we have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Not that you, not that you, if you, well, well, pastor, I don't speak in tongues. Does that mean I can't share my faith? No, but I want you to know you'll get more power if you are baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. And I don't know about you. I want every gift that Jesus has. And if this gift is for you and for your children and for all those that are called afar off, I want the gift of God. Come on now. For God, the Bible says very clearly, James chapter one, every good and precious gift comes down from the father of lights. I want all that God has for me so that I can do all that he needs for me to accomplish. And it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. As a believer, we've got to make these decisions that I want all that God has. How many remember Peter? Peter, uh, you know, we, we love Peter in the story of Peter in the book of Acts. But we forget that Peter had just denied Jesus three times. Here's a guy that walked with him. Here's a guy that watched Jesus raise the dead. Here's a guy that watched Jesus do the supernatural, bring demons in subjection. Here's a guy that watched it and listen now, he was one of the inner three. But when it came time, when Jesus was about to be crucified, he denied Christ three times. Why? Because remember, that's old covenant. He didn't have the Holy Ghost living inside of him. He was living in an element of the flesh. And fear grabbed a hold of him, just like fear has grabbed a hold of a lot of the church in today's society, and drove him away to reject Christ. 
But something happened on the day, uh, on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. They were in one place and in one accord, for Christ told them, go and tarry in Jerusalem to receive the promise of the Father. That promise is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We need more power. The church needs to be filled with more dunamis so that we can bind the devils and do more supernatural work for heaven on earth. Can I hear an amen? But Peter, when he's getting ready to get up and preach, I want, I want to read this verse to you because I think, I think we need to grasp it. And it says this, Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, and he started to preach. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are not a natural church. We are a supernatural church. We are not a, just a, a club we are a body of believers filled with God himself. And God says, I have more for you. I want you to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. I want to baptize you with tongue. I want that to be an evidence in your life. I want to use that power so that I can change more lives. Remember, we talked about purpose last week. Your purpose for being on this planet is not to make a few babies die and go to heaven. Your purpose for, for, for being here right now is because God has a plan for you. God needs you. God needs your life. And why he needs your life is to share the gospel, to preach the gospel to every creature. When we understand that, then it changes everything of why we do what we do, why we breathe, why we live, why we work, why we play, where we play. Everything changes. Today, I want to encourage you. You need the Holy Ghost. You need more of the Holy Spirit. You need to know his voice. Can I hear an amen? amen? You need to know more power. Can I hear an amen? amen? You need to be able to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And listen, we're going to take some time. I'm going to preach on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the nine gifts. And I'm going to take a, a month and preach on healing. I want you to understand healing so that when you go out into this real world, you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It doesn't say they might recover. It says they shall recover. We are the body of Christ. We are the hope of the world. See, we need the Holy Ghost. The more Holy Ghost you got, the more boldness you're going to have. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they preached the word of God with boldness. When you got more of the Holy Ghost, you get more direction, even who to speak to. Listen now, have you ever seen the, the, the videos uh, of the war and maybe in Iraq where a jet was flying over top and it, it found its target and they put a little dot on that target? They're miles and miles and miles away. But then they hit the, the button and that all of a sudden that missile is going to go exactly where that building is because it's pinpointed and then it blows blows up and they're accomplishing the task. But you know, sometimes as believers, we need to pay attention because the Holy Spirit is going to pinpoint somebody in our life. He's going to say, that's the person right over there. You might have met them. You might not never have met them, but God is pointing you in that direction. One of the stories that I tell is, is about a friend of mine, Terry Shuttlesworth. You've never met Terry. Uh, he's what brother Ted's brother. But Terry was doing an evangelistic work and, and he and his wife got off the airplane. They went uh, to the car rental place. And while they're at the car rental place, 
The Holy Spirit said, see the woman behind the counter, I want you to tell her about me. Well, he just shook it off. He got his car uh, keys and went out to his car, got in the rental. And the Holy Spirit said, I said, I want you to talk to that girl behind the counter. He got back out of his car, walked inside and said, can I speak to you for a moment? She said, is there a problem? He said, nope. And he said, but I just need to talk to you for a minute. She came over and he said to her, he said, Jesus wants you to know that he loves you. She started like, you know, that the nasty cry. She started the nasty cry right there. I think it was Hertz. The nasty cry right in Hertz. Just crying right out loud. Just weeping. And, and, and what it came down to was, she was backslidden and living with her boyfriend and she felt such great conviction, but yet she would not go to church because she felt the conviction. So God pinpointed and sent somebody to her and that day, because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that day because of the power of God, that day because of the gifts of God, that night her and her boyfriend came to church where Brother Shuttlesworth was preaching and they both got saved. Amen. Isn't it powerful to recognize? Listen, this happened in the book of Acts 2. Philip, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, I want you to go speak to this man, the Ethiopian eunuch, and I want, to, I want you to share the gospel with him. He got saved, got baptized, and he went back to his own country to preach the gospel. When you got more of the Holy Ghost, he's going to release more power for you. And listen now, we all need more power. Can I hear an amen? So many believers are just struggling with their own sins. Listen now, uh, God wants to get you beyond struggling with your sins. Who shall deliver me from this body of sin? Jesus Christ, Romans chapter 7. You've been delivered from that sin. You are no longer a slave to sin, but yet we're using all of our power just to survive. God has not called you to be a survivor. He's called you to be a thriver. He's called you to be a soul snatcher. But if you're only over focusing on your survival, you'll never think about anybody else. You know, you've heard it said, I think I said it last week. When, when you get on, the stewardess gets up and she starts giving her announcement. The announcement is, if, if we come into a situation and the air things fall down, put it over your face first before your children. Well, you would think sanity would say, put it over your kids first, then you. No, no, no. You've got to take care where you are so you can take care where other people are. God is saying, I've given you enough power to become, become successful where you are. Now I need you to put the mask on other people. And that comes not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. We've got to rely on the Holy Ghost. We've got to rely on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We've got to rely and allow God to use us. Well, you know what the problem is? If the body of Christ don't know, then they just don't know. So we're going to learn. If you've been in rock solid faith, you already learned. Can I hear an amen? But you can learn some more. I've taught it so many years, but I'm still learning every single time because there's always more illumination, more revelation, more unveiling, more apocalypsis by the Holy Spirit to bring us even to a deeper ability to not by moving by flesh, but moving by spirit so that you and I can be the people of God like Moses. Come on now. God sent one man with great weakness to deliver all two and a half million people God will use you to deliver people right around you because when you move in the spirit, you'll be able to see, understand, and manifest heaven to earth to bring it under authority that their life will be changed for all of eternity. It's time for the church to be that church. Can I hear an amen? amen. I said, can I hear an amen? amen? Praise the Lord. Today, I want to pray with you. Today, if you do not know Jesus as your savior, we're going to wait for just a second.
But before that, I want to pray for all those who want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speak with other tongues, you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost. Maybe you've asked more than once, but today you want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues. You want that dunamis power, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the promise that they received in Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. You want that power in your life, and yet you have not received it, and you desire it. I'd like you to raise your hand right now. Say, I want the Holy Ghost. I want, I want more power in my life. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hands are raised up. Look, can you do me a favor? Take one more step. Can you stand to your feet right now? I want to pray with you right where you are in your chair. Hallelujah. Come on, stand right up if you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Father, I thank you that Jesus, by your power, that the anointing was released in Acts 2. Now, in the name of Jesus, I release the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Fill each one, O oh Lord Jesus, like you did in the book of Acts. Fill them like you did in Acts 4, like you did in Acts 2, like you did in Acts 9, like you did in Acts 19. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Lord, let the evidence just start spurring out of them, that evidence of speaking with the tongues, that Jesus, they'll have a new prayer language, that God, they'll be able to move more in the power and the understanding and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Fill them today in Jesus' name. Could I have everybody else stand right up with me? Today I'm going to commission you. You are soul snatchers. Turn to somebody and say, I'm a soul snatcher. Well, pastor, I'm not near a lot of people. You need to ask God to pinpoint then for you. My wife and I, we share more of the gospel simply by walking in Walmart. If I really want to just go witnessing, I'll just go to Walmart. And either God will pinpoint someone to me or people will just walk up to me. I watch you every week on TV, but do you know Jesus? We've got to make a decision that this is not about ourselves. Can I hear an amen? That as Jesus is coming, come on now, don't take a rocket scientist to know that the trumpet of God is sounding soon. Jesus is coming. And the church has to awake. If we're always self-absorbed, then we'll never help anybody else. If we live in a life of isolation, we'll never share the kingdom. And if you do it just in the flesh, then that devil still stays on that person. Remember you wrote seven people's names down? I want you to pray for them right now. I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray with me. But I want you to say their names right out loud when we come to that spot. Pray this with me. Jesus, I thank you for the authority you have given me. Thank you for the power that you have granted to me. Today I know that natural doesn't work to change the supernatural. So right now, I'm praying. I'm declaring I'm speaking the word. Devil, in the name of Jesus, who's blinding the minds of the people on my list. Now say their names. Now pray with me in Jesus' name. Devils, you know who I am. I'm a child of God. And right now, in Jesus' name, I bind you. I command you to loose them 
and I release the anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage that they will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Use me, God, to change their life, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated right now. Hallelujah. Today, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, this is where it all begins. Where your life changes because God is knocking on the door of your heart right now. Your heartbeat is up. You feel a little nervous. That's the Spirit of God putting His finger on your life. Today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm not asking you to join religion. I'm asking you to know the one who will wash your sins away. Today, if you need Jesus as your Savior and you're in the room, I want you to slide your hand up right now. I want to lead you to the best friend you're ever going to have. Is there anyone in the room? I'm not going to wait long. Get your hand right up. Five, four, three. If you're watching by live stream, you need to make sure that you're right with God. If you need to get your life right with Jesus, you can dial 97000. Type in, I am saved. Someone's going to get a hold of you. We'll pray with you. We got a Bible for you. We want to encourage and build you. Today, if you're not right with the Lord, man, I don't know. It takes a lot more faith in you to walk out of here not right with Jesus than it does for you to get right with God. It's crazy to trust your capabilities. Everyone here has failed themselves more times than we can count. There's only one who is solid and consistent. His name is Jesus. Father, I speak blessing over this church in Jesus' name. I declare, God, that you will use us to do supernatural things. Lord, I declare, Lord Jesus, that you will use each one of us to see at least one soul saved this year. God, we will plant, we will water, and Lord, you will bring harvest. But it's not by might. We will not rely upon the arm of flesh. Jesus, we will share our testimony. We will share your goodness. We will share your good news in the anointing. We will bind up the devil in Jesus' name. And we will see you shine, O oh God, as you work through our lives for your glory. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. We have some tools for you before you get out of your chairs. In your chairs, you have these little pamphlets. These are just little helps for you. Everybody should have one in your chairs. There should be two if you need to. They're available. On the front cover, it shows, uh, it shows uh, do, you, do, you know what God, do you know that God loves you and has a great plan for your life or has a plan for your life? Inside it says, God loves you, and it just shares that. Then it says, you are forgiven. It shares in how they can accept Jesus as their Savior. Then you're ready. And then what's next? And then where the campuses are. We also have something else for you. Pastor Dan actually created it. I was a little shocked. Didn't expect him to do this. Uh, but a QR code, they can put it up on the screen. Uh, we're we're going to have this e uh, texted to you. If we don't have your text messages or text uh, your, your whatever they call it, cell phone, please can you get that to us? We'd love to send you this QR code. What this is, is a quick little survey. And it makes it easier for somebody. So you can walk up to one of your friends and say, hey man, you mind taking a, a quick little survey? They scan your QR code, they take it, and the last question sets you up to be able to share Jesus with them and lead them to Christ. Now you wanna pray over everyone that's gonna do this because it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. 
And you'll watch God bring your friends to salvation. God bring your family to salvation. These are just little tools that you can have in your pocket to be able to share the gospel in the anointing and set the captives free. Amen. I love you. Serve God with all of your heart. I'm just so blessed and proud to serve you and to say that we are a church that's going to change this region and change this. Come on now. We're going to change this hemisphere for Jesus. In, in God's name we pray. Amen. Enjoy your week. Have a great day in Christ.